Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of, Beyond the Rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry Dugan, and in just a moment, Brandon Cunningham is going to join us as we have a conversation with Alyssa Hope Wagner. She is an author, and also, she has fought in an MMA bout. And we're going to talk with her about her journey into becoming an author, getting published, overcoming some of her fears and concerns as an introvert, and a little message that she has for you. So, uh, wherever you are, sit back and relax unless you're driving. In that case, we need you to keep your head on a swivel and stay safe as Alyssa Hope Wagner shares her story and her insights about becoming a published author. Here we go. All right, Brandon, now that you just took that big swig of water, say hi to our fans and friends and family and coworkers and those neighbors across the street. Howdy. All right, there we go. Uh, we're so glad you guys joined us. And with us, just as I said in the intro, is Alyssa Hope Wagner. How are you doing, Alyssa? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. Awesome. It's a privilege. And we're really appreciative that you went and hunted down those headphones because we all sound a lot <laughs> Much better. Much better. Yes. <laughs> now, I always love to kick off our episodes and our conversations with a little icebreaker so our, our friends listening uh, can get a good feel of who you are on a human level. And they're going to get to know you a lot more as we have this conversation evolve over the next 30 minutes or so. Uh, but the question I wanted to ask you, because... Brandon and I just did an episode last week on Vogue's style of, you know, 73 questions. We're not going to hit you with all 73 questions, <laughs> but there was one that stood out to me. And that was, um, if you were on a deserted island and you could only take one food with you that you would have to eat every day and never get tired of, what would it be? Oh my gosh. See, the honest answer is you'd get tired of it no matter what. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But... <laughs> But I could still eat the fish and all that stuff on the island. This would just be extra. There sure. You go. Yeah. That sounds good. <laughs> See, she's Chocolate. thinking ahead. Chocolate. There you go. Chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> I would say apples, but maybe the island would have fruit. So I would just want that extra, you know, sweetness. There you go. That's a very optimistic way of looking at being stranded on an island. Yeah. There'll be fruit yeah. and fish. <laughs> so this so, is Hopefully. <laughs> Otherwise, I've picked the wrong <laughs> island. Yeah, <laughs> that totally makes sense. But of course, when you said chocolate, though, like the only other reference or context that I had before that was you had mentioned fish, and so like deep down now, I'm curious to try chocolate coated fish. Hmm, that does it might be a sound. new <laughs> a new entree. Yeah. So somebody try that. Tell us if that was Send a good us a idea. Video or of you yeah. making and eating that. <laughs> I've had chocolate covered steak. Oh, how wow. was that? It was the salty and sweet. It was okay. it was okay. I wouldn't eat it all the time, but <laughs> okay. It's a once in a lifetime kind of thing. And you know, those who yeah. mole sauce. Mole has a yeah, chocolate true. base to it, I believe, if I remember correctly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But welcome to our cooking show. You know, this is great. <laughs> yeah. uh, We're changing formats now. <laughs> We're expanding the horizons of people's palates and 
chocolate coated fish though. I'm like, I can't get that out of my head. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. I have to game go to Cancun later and special order that. Yeah, they're gonna look at me so weird. Like, oh, we'll just give you the green slush you love. Yeah. Like drug dealers, man. I love those guys. All right. So Alyssa, we, we brought you on because well, we've known you for years through our church and uh mm-hmm. you know, and you picked up this thing called writing and kind of gotten good <laughs> at it and published and you're you're recognized uh, if not across the United States, around the world. And I happen to be in a writing group with you on Tuesdays, uh, even though it feels like I don't go there. Um, <laughs> I still am in the group. I still get the text messages and the emails. I have a card. <laughs> and Mike hasn't kicked me out of the Facebook group yet, so I'm still in the there group. Uh, but anyway, we wanted to get you on the show because you, you've done a lot of things that um, – because I know you're an introvert. You've shared that before. Uh, you've done a lot of things that really get you out of that shell. And mm-hmm. because of that, you're – you're seeing some success and you're impacting people's lives. And I, I, I'm just glad you're able to join us. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. So what got you to thinking, I want to write a book? Cause that's not something maybe people say they want to do, but they don't actually execute it. And you've written yes. a number of books now. So what kind of started that out for you? Well, I was uh, 21 in college and I hadn't declared my major yet. And my <laughs> Guidance counselor said, you have to declare your major. And I was stuck between kinesiology, which my passion is uh, fitness, and I've written two fitness books in English. And one day, God just told me, you're going to be a writer. And I stopped and I thought, and I said, well, I better start reading then because I wasn't (laughs) much of a reader, honestly. Ah, Awesome. Yeah. So I declared English as my uh, major and then just started reading a lot, teaching, and I didn't write my first book till I was 28. So what what was the inspiration behind that first book? Um, The first book was my busyness. I was so busy (laughs) that it was very hard to cultivate relationships. And then I saw that our path and our culture is that way where we're so busy. We're neglecting these relationships, especially our one, our relationship with God. And so that kind of got me the idea of writing a book based on a society that uh, productiveness usurps relationships. Wow. That was evil of awakening. Uh-huh. Wow. And I wrote that book. Uh, I had the idea for five years and I just couldn't write it. It was very hard. I've never written a book. And then Pastor Bill at Church Unlimited, uh, he did a, at the old Moose Lodge, so a long time ago, <laughs> mm-hmm. he did a service where you had to do something for 40 days. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to write my book in I, I wrote for 40 days and I wrote half the book. So I was able to finish it after that. Oh, awesome. Sometimes yeah. that's all you need is that one push. It's like you either can't do this or you have to do this. And yeah. It, it yeah. gets you out of that. I needed that goal. That's awesome. And yeah. we were teasing before we started recording about, you know, you not having anything else to do because people that know you know you're <laughs> you're pretty much a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week kind of person. You're always involved in something. So yeah. you, when you wrote your first book, was it because you had – the, just this challenge, but you also had other things going on in your life. And you, you had, did you have kids at that point or? I had one son. One son. And I was pregnant with my second. So yeah. <laughs> so there's somebody sitting out mommy. there going, yeah, she's got time for that, but you didn't even remotely have time to sit down and write a book. You, you made that time. Yeah. I wrote, uh, in the mornings before they woke up. I wrote during nap time and I wrote at night. I could never write during the day with two little, with a baby and a toddler. And then I had a third baby. So yeah. There you go. And you how- have to make time to write. Like you said, people, they'll look at you and say, Oh, you must have time. <laughs> no, I make time. Yep. Yeah. 
You have 24 hours just like everybody else. And yes. And you have a family to run and kids and they all, they don't care anything about your writing, especially when they're a baby. It's they like, don't. <laughs> you got to make that time yourself. So you scheduled that. And just like you were saying with fitness, you have that discipline, but you yes. had to build that in. You didn't, I'm, I'm assuming you probably weren't born with it or graduated with it. You had to build that discipline into your life to get where you yeah. wanted to go. My first book was very difficult because, like I said, I'm very active. I like working out. I like being outside. And so the discipline of sitting in one spot thinking <laughs> about one thing was exhausting. I could only write for like 15 minutes and I was done. Now I can write for hours and hours, but that was a discipline I had to learn. I mean, when you're writing a book, especially this was a fiction novel or a science fiction novel in a sense, uh, you have to create a world with words. Mm -hmm. And so you're mm -hmm. taking these words that are – uh, very abstract and you're trying to create in our minds this concrete uh, reality. And mm -hmm. I'm sure that that had to be a challenge too. Anyway, uh, uh, that's not the question that I wanted to ask. <laughs> I just wanted to say that I'm like that. And no, it's true because yeah. it's really, when I'm building this world, I'm fully engaged in this world. And when you have kids <laughs> and responsibilities pulling you out of it, it's a very difficult place because now you're split mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's it's so irritating so when i write fiction i really have to close myself off if i can right so which is your favorite fiction or devotionals that you've written or put together? i've written nonfiction and devotionals um fitness books my my favorite is fiction but it i believe it is harder right. because you are world building um and, and it's not just putting in information, it's shaping lives in a natural kind of way. And you're talking through several different characters who are all different. And so you have to be different. You can't speak the way you would. You have to speak like one of my uh, characters is a fighter and he's not very educated, but he's street smart. So I had to speak like that. <laughs> but another character is street stupid to the point where sh she could compromise her health or her um, her life, but she's intelligent, book smart, and, wow. and she speaks grammatically correct all the time. And so <laughs> those two characters who wind up being love interest, they speak very differently. You know, she's ice, he's fire. And so I have to be like this puppet master of these different people. And I cannot be, I mean, they are a part of myself, but they can't be me. They have right. to be someone different. Wow. If that makes sense. That, that does make sense. <laughs> and, and especially when you think of all the other avenues that are out there with movies and social media and video games and stuff, you're, you're creating a world that needs to compete in that genre oh, yeah. for people. Cause obviously people have seen movies like Avatar and Lion King yeah. and all that. And they're like, well, but in a book form, you're creating that in their mind and everybody mm -hmm. has a different version of that book in their mind, but you yeah. have to speak from all those different levels and your your upbringing and your life, since it doesn't reflect really any of that story, how do you mm -hmm. draw that inspiration in order to create that? I've always been very imaginative, always. My sister, my twin sister would just, she would go with me. I would say, we're in space somewhere and there's, I would just create all these worlds. And so I have a really good ability to jump into somebody else's life and wonder, you know, how do they feel? How do they live? What would happen if I threw this character in this situation? How would he react? I love doing that because I don't know how they're going to react. <laughs> and so I get to kind of uh, read along along with my writing. And, and as the story opens up, I get to experience it as well because I do do some outlining, but I don't restrict it. I want the story to go beyond me. 
that as a really good way to look at writing is, is you don't want to know, you don't know the end yet. You want to kind of flow down with those yeah, relationships. Because if I know it, there's some smart reader out there who's going to know it as well. <laughs> right. And so I cannot know it because there's people smarter than me. <laughs> so I just try to, you know, keep myself, you know, kind of like the life of faith where God only allows you to see so much. Otherwise, we'll try to control it all. It's just right. he reveals bit by bit. That's such a good good analogy because we all want to know, where am I going to be next year? And what, how is my kid going to turn out? And it's like, no, nope, mm-hmm. you only get the steps in front yeah. of you. And you have to just keep moving and, and see where it goes. So yeah. your your latest book that you've written, did you set a deadline for yourself or how do you know when you're going to get there? Uh, I kind of tricked myself. I sent Florina into a competition for unpublished work and it won second place, but it wasn't. <laughs> finished yet. So I sent it in and I had four weeks to finish the actual book. Wow. I like it. But it was done. Yeah. (laughs) That's cool. That's kind of the way I do. I like to run and I did a triathlon and I I just signed up and I thought, okay, the money's there. I've signed up. I have to train now. Yeah. Kind of force yourself to meet that goal. Yeah. Like people who bodybuild. I mean, you're not in, you're not in bodybuilding condition to be on stage when you sign up. You're just not. (laughs) Yeah. And so you sign up and you train and then you and then you compete. It's interesting how setting like a finite goal or a deadline or uh, an event like a, a competition or a contest uh, mm-hmm. is what really spurs us on to, to work specifically yes. towards a specific goal. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. We were talking about uh, an episode we recorded for a future date where, uh, you know, we're talking about backpacking and how, you know, really I had to work with what I had to get out to the destination I wanted. It wasn't, uh, well, you know, maybe one day I'll put this together. It was like, nope, I'm going on this trip in three weeks. Uh, What do I need to go so I don't get eaten by a bear and, uh, you know, (laughs) starve to death and they make a movie out of my death. (laughs) And you're pretty well known for enjoying the process of of being fitness or writing. Like Jerry was saying, y'all have a writing group. You enjoy that process. So it's Mm -hmm. getting to the end is, is probably a little on the disappointing side. It's like, okay, now what am I going to do? Because you, you set this daily rhythm of writing or fitness. It, you, you want to achieve a goal, but then you enjoy the process so much. I do. But I always have, like I'm writing a Bible study. I just finished this one, Florna of Rodesh, and I'm already halfway done with the Bible study. And I'm already wanting to finish that. Like I, <laughs> I like finishing the books and holding them. And then I'm on to the next. Right. <laughs> That's funny. What are the... Um- if any, like doubts that kind of run through your mind as you're writing a book, whether it's a nonfiction or fiction, are there any like hurdles that you have to overcome that are internal oh, yeah. struggles? Uh, what are some of those? Yeah. As a, as a Christian writer, now there are writers who write, who write fiction and they're Christians, but they're not Christian writers. Uh-huh. I am a writer and I'm a Christian writer. So, uh, a lot of my Christianity is in my books. And the hurdle with that is I'm not perfect. I, you know, why am I setting myself up as this authority? And what God tells me, he says, I set you up, you know, and, and people don't want to read someone who's perfect. They don't want to to read from someone who thinks they have it all because they don't. And so that was a hurdle as a Christian writer I had overcome was I'm not perfect and I never will be, but I do know the the one who is, and he does guide me, and I have a relationship with him, and I hope that bleeds into my writing. I, th- I think it does bleed into your writing and uh, 
for those of us that follow you on Twitter and, and just the different things that you do, you're, you're always presenting yourself as a work in progress. You know, yeah. you never get the, I never get the sense that you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm a writer now. It's like, no, I'm <laughs> still learning to be a writer and I'm still yes. exploring and pushing myself with yes. fitness or writing. And, mm-hmm. and that's part of, uh, I'm assuming why you wanted to be part of the writing group is to encourage other people because yes. I know you, you have a heart for not just you doing things, but other mm-hmm. people seeing other people succeed. Yeah, oh. exactly. I feel like we need more uh, fathers and mothers who raise up other people, not just necessarily uh, CEO bosses, but I just, people who actually pour into you without any expectations. And that's what mothers and fathers do. They pour in to encourage and lift you up and it doesn't affect them. It makes them feel good that they were able to raise you up. But uh, what God's told me specifically is that I would be a a mother of many voices and that I would raise people up and and help them, um, you know, say the words that God has given them to say. And and you you don't feel competition with anybody else. It's like you want to see other people succeed. You probably yes. have an internal com- competition with yourself, I'm sure, but yes. with other people, you you seeing twenty other people succeed is what drives you. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Cap Show to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long form content like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash CapShow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Yes, and that wasn't true 10 years ago. I struggle <laughs> with jealousy. I mean, we're all in process, right. <laughs> you know. But, you know, I did struggle with stuff like that. Now I don't because I know that God's arm is not God's arm is long and he can do <laughs> for for all of us, the promises he has for us. And um, so, yeah, I, I like to be a part of raising them up. Go ahead. Oh, uh, what kind of things do you do to grow your perspective of the world? And Because you mentioned that one of the things that you needed to do to become a good writer was to be a good reader. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are uh, some of the things that you had to do as far as reading habits? And what kind of things do yeah. you read to expand okay. your, your perspective? I read a lot of nonfiction. Um, I want to write a series based on 50 years after St. Patrick because oh. the Irish people, uh, they really affected Western civilization after the Roman Empire fell. And so I'm doing a lot of research on them. Even though I probably won't write the book for a number of years, I'm still learning as much as possible. And so I read a lot. Like one of my books, um, Bear into Redemption, the main character Bear, he's Caddo Indian. And so I have a stack of Caddo Indian books and pamphlets that people wrote and because I had to learn all about Caddo Indians. And it's when I write the book, it's not a download of information. You, you don't see this like uh, paper on Caddo Indians, but it's shaped who he is. Does right. that make sense? Absolutely. Like what I've learned shaped his personality. So you put depth in the character. You don't just tell us what happened. Yeah. You put a story together that really puts us in it. 
Yeah. So, for example, most people won't know, but Caddo Indians, when the man proposed to the woman he wanted to marry, he would leave a gift at her door. And so um, there's a little foreshadowing in Baron to Redemption where he left a gift on her door and, and they brought it in. Um, so most people who don't know Caddo Indians won't know there's foreshadowing in that part. Right. But if you do, you'll see the foreshadowing. That's so it's silly. there. It's like the Sicilian kiss of death in The Godfather, I think it is. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, dang, that dude's getting killed. Why? He just gave him the Sicilian kiss of death on both cheeks. Yep. <laughs> Not riding in the, the car with that concept. guy anymore. <laughs> exactly. So I'm if you didn't know about the kiss, you wouldn't get it. I'm a little troubled that you equate proposing to a woman to the kiss of well, death. Yeah, but, you know, It was The Godfather. It was The Godfather. <laughs> I, I, I think it was it's good cool. For it's one of those. You compared uh, Godfather to my book. So. Hey, there, there we go. <laughs> epics. Epics. There we go. Uh, oh, man. Uh, the reason why I brought that up and what came to mind is I was hearing you share, you know, what type of books you read. Uh, you know, I'm just thinking about because you do expand your mind, you're always learning. You, you have like this depth in the things that you create. And, you know, I, I'm thinking about so many people out there just think that, you know, I'm done. I got my degree. I got my diploma. I got that certification. I'm done. Yeah. I know all there is to know. I am the expert now. And then what I've learned is these guys are totally pissed when somebody yeah. younger comes along <laughs> and takes the, the job that they've wanted, that dream job, that position that they thought was theirs, that they were somehow entitled to. When somebody else comes in and earns it, mm-hmm. then they're mad. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, what did they do that you didn't? Oh, mm-hmm. they, they weren't here as long as like they tell you all the things that the other person didn't have. It's like, no, what did that person bring that you didn't? And mm-hmm. you know, we had Lee Cockrell on the show uh, about a year and some change ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this guy's in his, I think, 60s or 70s. 70s. Mm-hmm. And he's a big proponent of you should always be learning. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy that we all have these smartphones in our hands. Yet when we have a question and we don't know the answer to it, we just kind of shrug our shoulders and say, I don't know. And we're mm-hmm. done with that. And he's like, no, Google that, you know, mm-hmm. Google it. I mean, and then discern if you're reading the right information or accurate information. And, and so I, I, I just love that a key to building depth in your life, whether it's writing, whether it's your professional life, your family life, you've got to just read and learn and whether it's, you know, listen, listen to great podcasts like Beyond the Rut. Exactly. <laughs> and- and to piggyback on that, as Americans, we don't realize how blessed we are with resources. Mm-hmm. And I do work with a lot of African missions. I, uh, uh, the proceeds of two of my books go to African missions. And I also have mailed them books and brought them books several times because right. just one book is huge to them. Right. And we can instantly download a book and and learn everything we want to learn. But these people in other countries, they don't have the blessings we have and resources. Right. I just gave away a a box of books I donated. Yes. And I'm thinking I have too many books. And yes, I know your your sister just got back from there and she's going to join us on on an episode this year. Oh, Uh, cool. I'm not sure if she signed up yet, but I know she was going to. Uh, But I know that you are very actively involved in African missions. So Mm -hmm. talk a little bit about what you've tried to use your writing and your books in order to make a difference over there. I I know your heart, but some people listening may not understand. Well, maybe you wrote books because you want to be J.K. Rowling someday, or but you had a very specific purpose of how to impact the world with that. Yeah, two of my books are anthologies. And so what I did was I brought um, writers together, and they 
donated their words. And I, of course, donated my time editing, compiling these books and all the proceeds for those, like a hundred percent of ec- all the extra stuff, monies go to African missions. And it's really cool because uh, God calls us to help the widows and the, and the poor right. and the orphans. And this is something you know, we may not be all called to be missionaries, right. and I might be sitting in my computer all day, uh, in my office all day, writing on my computer, but I can help be the hands and feet of Jesus by typing words on the computer when I donate my words. Right. That is so <laughs> awesome, because your words and the words that you compiled from other writers have made a direct impact on people's lives, whereas they may not have drawn that straight line that you can draw with that now and say, you know, yeah, everybody should serve and give and do things that they can, but you've created something tangible that will, you Mm -hmm. know, outlive your your day-to-day thing to give money to that. That's awesome. Yeah. I think everybody should give freely of their talents, you know? you you, There's nothing wrong with getting paid, but I, I believe everybody can give to those who need. Right. And when you use your talents to do that, to me, you're honoring the talent that was given to you. Exactly. You, did, you, you didn't just create it. It was given to you, and, mm-hmm. and you're using it for somebody else's good. So that, Yes. What, what made you think of doing the anthology type thing and bringing the other writers together? Um, I started Granola Bar Devotional Ministry a long time ago where I, I taught and encouraged women to write their stories, you know, because the Bible says that um, we are encouraged by the words of our testimony and the blood blood of Jesus. And so I encouraged all these women to uh, give of their, um, to put their stories down on paper. And one of my writers passed away unexpectedly. Oh. And, um, and she was a person who was very, um, uh, what's it called when you're not outgoing? You're very- um, Introvert? Yeah, introvert, but she didn't like to reveal her testimony. Very private. She, yeah, she's very private. And and I helped her put her testimony on paper so it could be a blessing to others. And, and it was difficult for her, but she took that step of faith. And she wrote many devotionals for me, and then she passed away. And the, and the story is that I was at a bookstore, and I felt the Holy Spirit tell me to send her a journal. And I sent her a journal with a card. And for three months, she wrote in that journal, and she and then she passed away. Wow. And so her daughter has that journal with with her mother's heart poured out on the pages. Wow! And and it's such a blessing. And so when I did my first anthology, I just had her in my mind that I was going to do something to honor her memory and and to um, just show the importance of sharing your testimony. And and not all you don't have to show everything. Just kind of the encouragement that will help other people who might be going through the same things you have gone through. I think it opens up an avenue, especially for, for other people, but also for you, because you see, you see the good God can use out of your story. You know, we were talking about a mutual friend of ours, Sarah McDaniel, and, and her story is amazing, but she gets to see the good that comes out of the the tragedy, the bad stuff. And, you know, we always say, well, God will get some glory out of this. But you're like, well, how? There's no way mm-hmm. God gets glory out of this. But you've been able to show tangibly this some some really bad things, some dark stories have gotten. Yeah. Uh, people's lives have been changed by that. That's yes. how that happens. Yeah. And people, the people, if they can't imagine something, they won't do it. 
And so that's why Christian fiction is so important because you can actually imagine and see these people's lives being changed through the Holy Spirit. And so people need to see God getting the glory and God redeeming something. And then once they see it, they can imagine it and then they can trust it for themselves. Wow. That is really good. I love that because what you're telling people that think they, they look at you or maybe the other people in this anthology and think, yeah, but your life's perfect. You don't have to struggle with things. <laughs> and when you read those testimonies, you're like, well, wait a minute. I'm struggling with something similar or maybe not as bad. I can mm-hmm. overcome this too if I yeah. just go down this path. Yeah. The anthology has divorce, child loss, uh, job loss, just a lot of different uh, heartaches that people have dealt with. And overcome through the Holy Spirit. That's so good. And I know that you and your husband have always been that those real authentic people, but I know because I experienced this too, people look at you and think, well, yeah, but your life's perfect. And I always <laughs> tell people, the only people that have a perfect family or perfect life are people you don't really know anything about. There's yeah. always exactly. something. Maybe I've not shared every detail of what I've struggled with, but I've struggled. And, and mm-hmm. it's not necessarily the fact that you've struggled. It's the fact that you've overcome. How have you overcome? And it, yes. it's through yes. faith. And, and, and that's the way we do it. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of our listeners are not Christians or maybe they don't think in those terms, but you can overcome things. Mm -hmm. You just maybe can't do it by yourself. You need to reach Mm -hmm. out and connect to other people. Yes. I love that. So what, what is your favorite book that you've written? It's not like which one of your kids are favorite. (laughs) (laughs) But see, I can answer that. It's my daughter because I have five kids, four Uh, boys, one daughter. No. All the boys are like, we hate our sister. (laughs) I like them all. My, uh, my one-year devotional, it makes me laugh because when I sat down to write it, I, I said, this is going to take me five years. And God said, yes, it is. And it took me five years <laughs> oh, wow. to write a one-year devotional. <laughs> there you go. So if you're listening to this and you think, yeah, but she can crank out a book really quick. Like, no, a one-year devotional then, takes five years. It took me seven <laughs> years to read a one-year Bible. So there you <laughs> well, go. Well, there you go. Yeah. At least you did it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and I just restarted five days ago. Awesome. awesome. I'm going to try to do it in one year this time. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's supposed to be done. <laughs> so what's next for you? What can people expect uh, to see or, or what's coming up? I have a, a Bible study. I'm really excited. It's called Why Jesus? Because I feel like a lot of Christians have faith and they love God and they love Jesus, but they don't necessarily know why. They just yeah. do. Like there's, They don't have a... Maybe they haven't thought about it a lot. Why do we need an intercessor? Why do we need Jesus? Why can't we just go from our imperfect state, state straight to God, a holy God? Why do we need that in between? And and if you read Job's word, uh, Job from the Bible, when he was in the thick of his uh, distress, he said, I need a mediator. I can't, <laughs> I'm not able to talk to God. And he knew then that he needed someone in between him and a perfect God. He needed Jesus. And so this book is kind of really interactive. And I did already 50 uh, YouTube videos to go along with it. And it's 50 days. And it's just why Jesus for 50 days? Why do we need him? Awesome. And is that out now? No, it's almost done. It's almost done. Okay. I was was almost done with it, but I decided to do two anthologies and to finish Florna. <laughs> so now I'm getting back to it. <laughs> but you do have a book that's out now, uh, Florna of Rodesh. Yes. Yes. And uh, it, go ahead. It is for uh, young adults. And I take what's really cool about this book is I feel like 
uh, kids and young adults have taken for granted the cross. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, okay, your God came into this world, put on flesh, died on a cross. People wear crosses. We take that uh, for granted. So I take the elements of faith and I rewrite it. So in this book, the uh, Savior was expanded on a sphere. So the sphere rose up, and as it rose up, his limbs stretched apart. And you have this image of a bloodstained sky. And so it just gives you an understanding of what our God went through to give us salvation and to redeem us. And and I'm really excited about the book. And there's a lot of characters and lots of friends. And it's very imaginative and organic. And it's fantasy fiction. And my main character has horns. So it's so <laughs> cool. 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 I know you asked Emma, my daughter, to be one of the um, uh, advanced, advanced readers. readers. And yeah. then that's when I sadly learned my daughter doesn't like to read. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> How old is she? She's 15. So she's, she's acting like a 15 year old. What's <laughs> okay. happening? But, um, I, I told her that since she said that, I'm going to dramatically read that book to her uh, <laughs> in go. the morning when she's too grumpy to do anything about it and too tired to get up and, you know, kick me or something. So you should do that on YouTube and then we will definitely. Yes. <laughs> yes. I will share it, Jerry. If you read it to her, I will share it. 15 days awesome. of. Jerry getting beaten up by his daughter as he dramatically reads Florna of Rodesh. So as this this is uh, being published, um, what's the best way to get a hold of this book and what could people use to uh, maybe get it for free? Is there a special deal maybe coming up? Yes, I do. Um, you can buy it on Amazon, but I do have um, – I'm offering it for free as a promotion from January 7th to that Friday. So the 12th. The 12th. And they can download it for free. On and him. the really cool thing about this book, and you could tell your daughter, uh, I have an artist who works for Marvel, and he, I met him at Gardendale Baptist Church a long time ago in <laughs> oh, the wow, youth wow. group. And now he lives in Arizona. He draws f- for Marvel, and he drew the um, characters for me. Wow. I saw that on your Twitter feed, and I just thought, that is really yeah. cool. It's not like, hey, I'll draw you a picture. No, this guy does this for a living, and it's really, really cool. And it was really cool seeing, like, uh, writing as an art and then drawing as an art and to see them come together because he would put life and characteristics in my character. And I literally had to go back to the book and add a scar. And then I had to think of backstory. How did he get the scar? <laughs> oh, wow. And yeah, so That's several cool. times I had to change. Like, he added uh, Florida braids, um, her hair around her horns. But he added this braid coming all the way down. And so I had to add that back into the book. So it was really cool seeing how he brought it to life and how he shaped it through his personality and through um, his imagination. That's pretty cool cool how they say a picture is worth a thousand words. And so here's an example of where pictures were (laughs) forcing you to put more words into the story. It did. It did. It was really cool, cool. though. I, I loved it. I loved how he saw the characters. I thought it was brilliant. Now, do you know yet who's going to direct the movie, or is that something that you're Steven still- Spielberg? I've oh, actually seen him in it. person. Oh, um, cool! He, we <laughs> no. were at Beaver Creek, and he was sitting with his family. So I made Daniel smile, my husband, and I took a picture <laughs> of Daniel and cut him out. And so I have Steven awesome. Spielberg that with his baseball awesome. hat. <laughs> um, awesome. True story. Uh, my wife has a cousin named Jason Thomas, and. I only bring him up because I've recently been hiking with uh, a, a knit cap for the movie Infinity War. Jason Tamez is a production supervisor 
for, you know, the movie industry. And he was the production supervisor for Infinity War, uh, aka, you know, Marvel stuff. Cool. Uh, also, nice. Spider-Man Homecoming and um, I think Captain America Civil War. Cool. So, anyway. Very I could, cool. I could see this being yeah, a movie this, someday. This might That'd be a real be thing. Kind of cool. Yeah, I'm excited. I don't know how he does his job. I'm like, what's a production supervisor? I think he's yeah. the guy who has to go out and get the props for okay. all the movies. But, um He's in charge of the crew that does or something like there that. There you it's go. pretty cool. But well, yeah. You know, we were so excited to have you on today, but if people want to get in touch with you and want to see what you're up to and find out more about you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? My handle is Alyssa Hope Wagner, and they can find me on Twitter, um, Facebook, Instagram, Goodreads, Pinterest. So all the older stuff. I'm not on all the young social media. I don't know where half of it is. All that stuff. Yeah. We we don't understand that one much either, but uh, they can go to AlyssaHopeWagner.com and find connections to all of that. Oh, yes. My website. (laughs) You probably put a little bit of time into that too. Forgot about that one. (laughs) From there, they can find out about your books. You're also on Amazon. They can go to your author page and find out all of the things that you've written. And if they just want to stop by your house, what's your home address? That may not don't answer. We, don't answer. We no had somebody has. almost give us that, that one time. It's like, uh, well, maybe not. Go to the website, <laughs> send an email, get to know her, then maybe she'll invite you over yeah. sometime. But yeah, uh, go check out the books and find out what else going on. And you're just going to use these books to impact others' lives. And that's how you can really honor Alyssa and the works that she's done. And uh, just let her know how you feel about the book. Leave her a review on Amazon and, and share that book with other people. Buy one for your kid. If your kid's 15 and doesn't read, make them read or read it Buy to it her. Read it to her. <laughs> That's my plan. And film it and let us know. We will we will absolutely put that out. Thanks, Alyssa. We love that uh, you had uh, time to join us today. I know the book's going to be huge, and I can't wait to hear all the reviews on it. Okay. I agree with everything you've said. <laughs> I claim it. <laughs> awesome. There you go. <laughs> if you like everything you heard in this episode, check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 160. That's the number of this episode. Now, in those show notes, we're going to tell you a little bit more about Alyssa Hope, uh, share with you her uh, biography, but also links to her website and all of her social media platforms, as well as where you can find that book, Florna of Rodesh. Now, go check out that book. I've read Eve of Awakening, so I'm going to put that book in the show notes as well because I really enjoyed that. It was a great insight into how we were putting productivity over relationships, and you'll just love that book. So, go and if you hear this in time between Dece- uh, January, I'm sorry, December, I'm in the wrong month, between January 7th and January uh, 12th, uh, I'm sorry, 11th of 2019, so the 7th to the 11th of 2019. Go to Amazon, download the Kindle version for free, uh, and then check that book out. And then go back and leave a review on that book for her as well. Uh, Even if you missed that window, go check out that book, especially if you have teenagers or you yourself just like to read young adult fiction. Uh, And especially if you're curious about what young adult fiction is like uh, with a Christian twist to it. So go check that out. And I'll also make sure I have the, the link in there for Eve of Awakening. So it's a Christian fiction that is sci-fi and i just love that so there you go now we're so glad you joined us this week and we look forward to spending time with you next week on beyond the rut and until then go live life beyond the rut take care
You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.